Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Did Austin Aries just quit Impact Wrestling? I am Luke Owen, this is El Fakador Laurie Blake. Welcome to our post-Impact Wrestling Bound for Glory edition of Wrestle Ramble where the main event saw Austin Aries defend his Impact World Championship against Johnny Impact Mundo, uh, whatever he wants to be called today, or whatever company he's in. Johnny Impact, John, in this case. Johnny, Johnny Monday morning. Johnny, <laughs> Johnny Sunday night. Um, here he was uh, going for the Impact World Championship, which he won right at the end of the match. He uh, hit the Brain Buster. Usually, <laughs> usually where those things are decided. Stealing uh, the, the Brain Buster off Austin Aries and then hitting the Starship Pain and getting the win. And then there was this very weird moments where as soon as the three uh, was counted Austin Aries essentially stood up and then just started like mouthing off to Don Callis who was like in the balcony area providing mm-hmm. commentary with Josh Matthews and then he starts flipping the bird and just walks out the arena also flipping off the fans on the way out doesn't leave with Moose or Killer Croc Killer Croc Killer, Killer, Croc. <laughs> Killer Croc May he'd be much more effective <laughs> if he had Killer Croc with him Jesus especially if he's still in a, like in a suit and tie as yeah. well so he leaves Moose and Killer Croc on the outside and they don't go to the back with him and then they're sort of left in this really awkward situation where they're like do, do we leave as well? Yeah. What What do we do in this scenario? Well, and as he's going, Johnny's looking at him like, mate, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. The referee doesn't really know what's going on. Tired. Valkyrie's on the outside. She sort of stops selling. Essentially the, dead. Yeah, stops selling the, the, the suicide dive. The, 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 and then, like, Johnny and Tyre celebrated for a little bit, but then the pay-per-view very quickly wrapped went up, wrapped yeah. up. There was no big celebration. And this was meant to be, like, the big culmination celebration for Johnny mm. Impact you know he tried to win the Impact World Championship last year but fell to Eli Drake because of Alberto <clears throat> El Patron so really this is supposed to be like his big clown, clowning crowning glory his clowning glory his clowning glory killer croc that's what it's meant to be but that's not what happened so, and it's and it's been a really weird situation mm. Because you and I, we were listening to like Wrestling Observer Radio and the Brian and Vinny show. It was yep. like, what are, what are people saying about this? Is it a work? Is it a shoot? Is it a work shoot? Is it something in between all three? Is it bad? Like, you know, is it like, bad? Is it good? Is this, Have Impact responded to it? Yeah, like, as, like, has, has anything happened here? And the sort of like the real outcome of this is that no one cares. Yeah, like, everyone's <laughs> just sort of glossed over this now. Just not asked about just it. Just turns out it's not, the, it's not the worst thing that happens in wrestling anymore. <laughs> so it doesn't, you know. Yeah, I mean, the... the Really, it just sort of boils down to like, is Aerie sticking around mm. with the company? Like, we'll we'll find out when they tape TV because uh, they'll be taping the next month or so worth of TV in the next couple of days. Mm. You know, if he's there on those shows, then 
getting grand, he's obviously staying with the company. But if he's not, then that might add some fuel to the fire of if he has left the company mm. or not. But like you said in your uh, in your excellent uh, highlights review that oh, you did, it more really it it I'm leaning more towards that this is the worked shoot side of things because Certainly, it really yeah. it just it ties into the story that they've been telling mm. leading up to this match. Well, so yeah, so the whole story leading up to this match for those that don't know is the idea that. Aries has been saying that Johnny, wherever he works, he becomes Johnny wherever he works because wherever he works, he goes and makes it about him. Austin Aries has been the one actually building up impact over the last year and has been champion for all the kind of points where it's been a big talking point. However, Johnny makes sense as a champion now because he's on reality shows. He's going around doing interviews with the likes of TMZ and stuff. So him as the champion and he's already getting this kind of coverage, is a really big deal for Impact. And so it feels like they were setting up the idea that this is a backstage screw job kind of thing for Austin Aries, mm -hmm. including Don Callis in the match, putting over the idea that this is a rivalry of the same extent as Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, and saying, I was at Montreal. And so, you know, it was... Yeah, once you start not evoking, really subtle foreshadowing, yeah, was it? It's when you start evoking <laughs> that. And actually, and earlier in the night, like Aries cut this promo where he's calling him Johnny Come Lately, and like mm. I've been here since you know X date, and I've been making this company relevant, I've been making this championship relevant again. And all you've done is you just swanned in here with your media buzz, mm. and, and you're getting a title shot, and that's unfair. It, I'm here every night, and I'm sort of busting my ass to to get to this position, and. Throughout the night as well, Don Callis kept saying, and he said it right at the start of the show, and then he said it like peppered throughout the show as well, and during this main event, that Austin Aries is the best wrestler in the world. Mm. Now, anyone who knows a Don Callis, like, or just knows Don Callis, or has like seen him on social media, has heard him on New Japan, he doesn't believe that. <laughs> that Austin Aries is not Kenny Omega is the greatest wrestler on the planet, according to Don Callis. And when he says that about Kenny Omega, you're like, oh, I totally buy that because. They're like friends. Yes. Like he was the one who brokered the deal between Kenny Omega and Jericho for Wrestle Kingdom earlier this year. That's kind of Don Cowles' work. Mm. He's known Kenny since Kenny was 15, you know, and like that was all the stuff they were doing during All In with during his match with Pentagon Jr. And so it just seemed really weird and so out of the blue for Don Cowles to all of a sudden be on this show being like, Austin Aries is the greatest wrestler in the world. Yes, it's, it feels. It's setting something up. I smell a work. Yeah, yeah, it's, so it's, it's, oh, it's, it, yeah, it very much feels like this is a work. But. My, I suppose my, my follow-on question to that would be, mm. if we're both in agreement this is probably a work. Probably a work. You know, doing this sort of work-shoot-style thing. Why? What's the, what's the, what, what's the end goal here? Yes, well, so the, I guess the, the problem I have with this is a, if it is a work, is that it just fell flat. It yeah, ruined, really did. It ruined a moment and didn't make a moment. No. It, it actually, it made a talking point, sure, and we, you know, we're obviously sat here discussing this at length now, but it didn't do enough. Like, if you're going to have Austin Aries pop up and no-sell the finish of this match, like, because he literally sat up, you know, like most wrestlers at the end of the match, they'll roll out of the ring mm -hmm. subtly while yeah. someone celebrates. To sell the, yeah, sell to the sell finish. The, to sell the finish and the victory. He literally sat bolt upright in the ring, stood up, Walked on, like, got on, climbed out onto the apron, shouted at someone, then just walked along yeah. the apron to the back. Yeah, shouting at Don Callis. Like up making, on the a, making a point of doing that. Uh, if you're going to do that and it is a work, go one further. 
have him push over the cameraman, have him get in the way, have him start to in, like disrupt the feed, have him start to break things. Have the commentators yeah. mention it. Let's go further and let's make it really like a really big moment that he literally, you know, craps all over Johnny's moment and the show in general. Yeah. And then we set up the idea that, you know, the, and I think this is probably the end game, is that it's going to be an Austin Aries kill across Moose thing and they're setting up the idea that he can kind of be this cult leader style figure and anyone else he manages to gather up along the way, them versus the company. Mm. Well, it's it, it, based off I, his own righteousness. Yeah, and I was uh, the the commentators not bringing this up or not playing it up at all just felt no. really weird because like Don Callis didn't make any mention of it. Like Josh Matthews was just talking about Johnny Impact's win. Mm-hmm. So, and and I I'm in agreement with you that. It's oh, they didn't really focus on it either. So well, the cameras it, yeah. were focusing on Johnny, and you could see Aries in the background walking off. And that's was... kind of great, but like, and it, it, you kind of want to play this realism of like, well, yeah, the commentators in a real world scenario wouldn't be making mention yes, of, of yeah. him just getting up and doing that thing. But you can play around with these sort of expectations. And for all its, you know, for all of its downfall, and the fact that it, you know, never worked in the least, and it was a completely terrible idea. Bash at the Beach 2000, when they mm. did ostensibly this with Hogan and Jarrett. At least you had like the commentators playing it up. You had Hogan playing it up. You had Jarrett playing it up, mm. and you had Vince Russo kind of like doing stuff backstage. And they played it like we're not sure if this is real or not. Whereas this just, as you said, just felt like a really damp ending to the show. Well, and I think is that everyone seemed like they were caught off guard by it happening, but didn't mention it. And even Johnny like turned to Austin was like, "What are you doing, like man?" As he mm. walked out of the ring, and then just sort of had to go like. Oh, I'll go back to celebrating, and then did one celebration, and he was like, "Oh no, t- I've got to go outside and get tired." Go on outside and got tired, and then got back in the ring, got a very brief moment of celebration. But yeah, it was all cut short because this whole thing had happened that just set everything back. And it's and, like, and then that makes you be like, "Is it now a shoot?" I don't know. Like, well, they, you know. well I, 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 I sort of move past that point and just get to the. I, I go back to like the what's the point part of this, mm. which is the when I, I I've mentioned Bash of the Beach two thousand there. No one looks at that angle and be like, well, that really saved WCW. Yeah. That really put WCW on the map. It didn't. Like, it just, if anything, it led further to their downfall. And Impact at the moment are in a, a bind at the moment where mm. they're on a channel that's got a pretty decent reach, but the name itself just isn't bringing in fans. And any fans that have come in, new fans that came in with the Broken Hardy stuff, haven't stuck around. No. The Go Home show leading into Bound for Glory was the lowest rated Impact you know, in in quite some time, mm. that's that's not a good sign. Like maybe they'll get a bit of a bump next week because of this. Yes, but I would argue that you made the excellent point. It was like, well, it's got people talking. You know, we're talking about this. We're yeah, talking about it later, yeah. but we're not talking about it in a positive. Se- at least I'm certainly not. I'm not talking about this in a positive sense. No, I don't. I, I think this actually was. Yeah, it, it was one of those ones where it's detrimental to yeah. the end of the show. And I it thought felt it, like made it feel like a damp squib, and it was that kind yeah. of thing. You don't want that to be. The thing that everyone talks about is like, you know, I love the idea in wrestling that you you get storylines where people can talk about something that happened and it's a, was it, wasn't it, you know, I don't know, I just don't know, like, you know, injury angles are so fun in CM the sense Punk's that like, bomb. yeah, it, all that stuff where you just like, you can discuss it till the end of time being like, is he actually injured? Are they not injured? Was CM Punk saying what he actually thought? Mm. Was it written for him by somebody else? Blah, 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 blah. We can all go over this over and over again. This doesn't feel like it's necessarily as worth that because it wasn't dramatic in terms of what happened on the show. But it also felt like a very pointed, I'm messing this up. Yeah. So 
I don't know. Like it's so hard to sort of tell, and it but it just doesn't feel like it would go anywhere because it wasn't dramatic enough to be a storyline almost. Yeah, that yeah yeah. But it wasn't. It almost wasn't dramatic enough to be dramatic uh, enough to sort of not be. So, I don't know. It's, yeah. so, it's in this weird middle ground between like being a thing that might go somewhere and just being a thing that happened that you can also play out because you can also if Austin Aries does leave the company you can still have Johnny Impact badmouth him and do whatever you want mm. but it doesn't it always doesn't feel like it's enough to do that with it's just it's just ugh. and it's a shame as well because the match was really good it's a really good a match a really yeah. good match and the show overall was really good as well I had a, I had a blast watching this show as, as I did watching Slammiversary it was, I think this was so Slammiversary for me was much more of like a pure wrestling show I agree and this was way this was much more fun knockabout style show had lots of weird but fun bits in it and a lot of crowd pleasing stuff happening uh but this match was i think this match especially was like the the very top end of like like the 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 level of wrestling in it but also in a way that i wasn't expecting it to be i think the they both of them played into the feud bit very very well and did the sort of like uh and this is again another reason why i would think that this bit the end would be a work rather than a shoot is because they were doing the kind of shoot stuff at the beginning of this match where mm. they were kicking each other like sort of you know off timing if you will in wrestling like whereas you normally set up for a move and you kick someone like they will kick each other as yeah. they're getting up out of a move or whatever it was there was just this little bit of animosity there that was brewing and it seemed like almost as if the wrestling match itself was falling apart into just a fight between two guys who don't yeah. like each other yeah I mean it, it's certainly interesting but I'm I'm not sure, at least for me personally, if it's interesting in a good way. (laughs) There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, 
So the show opened with uh, this really cool video package to kind of hype up Bound for Glory, and you had LAX who were providing the, the voiceover for this. They got their big match with the OGs later on, just talking about how great New York City is. And as someone who has been to New York City, I can confirm it is awesome. It's my favorite place in the whole wide world. Does it have as many sirens as this <laughs> promo package did? So, it was really, so last week we were watching like <laughs> Impact release this sort of half hour like hype video thing on YouTube to kind of like, you know, get everyone excited for Bound for Glory. And we watched it on Thursday while we were having our lunch. And I mean, it was half an hour, but 20 minutes of that was based around the Johnny mm. Impact uh, Austin Aries stuff, which went a bit too long. But throughout it, they kept having these sort of like whoop whoop siren things that mm. just kept going off. And it's clearly like a stock sound effect. And we just kept like, we laughed every time it happened. It because, happened so much but because yeah. they would cut to the billboard shop. And there's a siren. There's you can see the flashing lights, the blue lights going past in that shot. But it's obviously got that whoop whoop noise. Yeah. And it's just like, like they just alarm. left it in. Like yeah. every time they put up this one bit of stock footage, they're just like, oh, you just have to have the siren sound. Whoop, whoop. Ollie was getting so wound <laughs> up with it. And then I laughed my tits off this morning when I started watching this. And there's that bloody sound yeah. effect again. I was like, can't wait to get into work and show Ollie this. But our show kicks off with uh, Rich Swan and Willie Mack versus Matt Seidel and Ethan Page. We recorded our predictions on Thursday, which was before they announced that Willie Mack was going to be Rich Swan's partner. So we looked like complete dunces when those videos went up on Saturday, yeah. Um, but you know, regardless, uh, I would say that Mac was easily the Still most. Called it right though. I'd <laughs> say that uh, Willie Mac was the most over of the four men that was in the ring. He was it, unbelievable. He was, well. and so you can good. see why because he's really, really tremendous. Lots of return of the Mac chance throughout this, and it was just like it was a really. A fun opening match. I, I, I enjoyed this tag match. I thought that Rich mm. was great. I thought that Willie Mack was awesome. And Seidel and Page did their job perfectly, which yeah. was like, we are here for you to do the big fun spots to us. Mm-hmm. And everyone, I thought low everyone stakes, did a very really, fun. Yeah, low stakes, very, very fun. I thought it was a, a, a decent opening match. It was a sort of, but it's, it's also the exact sort of thing you don't get in WWE, right? Mm. You don't just get like four guys having a match for no reason. Like it all has to be built around some horrible blood feud this all came out of just Ethan Page jumping Rich Swan during a match with Seidel and it just chucking him in the ring with this power bomb and it was like okay so we'll have a match at Bound for Glory and Willie Mack's gonna be our partner yeah and then you get all this fun from that and and without having to be like and you said to my sister one time this thing and I'm very cross back in the day as well with TNA pay-per-views one of the things I really liked about TNA mm. pay-per-views and they, they kind of you know took this model from WCW which was the you would just have a fun opening X Division match. Like, regardless of what is on the show, you were always going to have that X Division match that's at the start of it. It's usually a six-person or, like, a you know, a six-man tag or something like that. And it's usually very, very fun. And that's what this was. It was mm. just a really fun way to, to open the show. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought the Rich one was very, very good. Uh, Kaz made a, a good joke about WWE commentary. Um, when he was talking about, like, about hey, Matt Seidel was like, you know, he's going to make Ethan Page better. Maybe he can make you a better commentator. And Josh Matthews is like, no, I need people shouting in my ear to make me a better commentator. Mm. Uh, He's like, I still have nightmares about it. I think my favorite bit was Ethan Page. Uh, He hits a move on Rich Swan and then goes to tag side on. He goes, that was great. Pin him first. (laughs) (laughs) That was brilliant. That was really funny, yeah. Um, And yeah, I thought Mac was absolutely outstanding in this, but Swan hits the the Oz cutter and a, a Phoenix splash for the win. Uh, and then Mac cuts a, a promo after the match, but like the first of all, the microphone doesn't work. And three different microphones <laughs> don't work. But it was 
And this was something that came up a lot through the show, and I laughed every time that it happened. It wasn't a promo to be like, hey, Bound for Glory's here. Hey, get excited for it. Hey, what a match we just won. This was a promo to promote Comda.com. Comda.com. I don't know what Comda.com do, but I certainly... Do you want to find out? <laughs> we Google things I'll live do, on I'll air? Look it up, yeah. We'll Google things live on air. You keep talking. And they, he just sort of cut this promo about how awesome Comda.com is. You know, like when John Cena cut that promo at Greatest Royal Rumble? It almost felt like that, but for whatever this business is. Um, it's an... Connecting you to your, your customers. customers. It's an ad connection thing. Oh, mate, if I click here, I'll get a hat that says Bound for Glory on it. Well, you, there were loads of people wearing those uh, later on in the show. Click in. So, so, and and Comda.com got this massive push because they after this, they cut up to Josh and Don Callis. Don Callis is wearing the Comda.com hat that uh, oh, Laurie is looking at. Oh, so You've got to buy it. Oh, I, don't buy it. Buy it. I thought it was a free hat. He's like pointing to the hat with the Comda.com logo, and they've got their Comda.com shakers, and they're like, yeah. how awesome these shakers. And then... <laughs> Matthews goes like I've got this Comda.com pen it's great like mate it's a pen you don't even need it you know you're shilling these things but it's a pen don't oversell it mate it's incredible when you put it to paper and it writes stuff comes out dreams spill forth from this (laughs) Comda.com pen it just reminded me of The Apprentice it literally (laughs) connects you to your advertisers it was very funny. But anyway, they start showing uh, highlights of the, the confrontation from the Hall of Fame on Saturday night mm-hmm. where Abyss was being inducted. But old Austin Aries showed up to try and make it about him. And this big wild brawl broke out. It was funny. I saw a tweet uh, the the Matthew from Botchamania retweeted mm. that someone had gone to the Hall of Fame. And they tweeted Matthew to say, like, I paid 30 bucks to go to the Hall of Fame. My ticket wasn't checked, so I could have just walked in for free. Wow. I couldn't see anything. And then I got hit in the face with something when the brawl broke out. <sighs> Overall, not a good night. No. <laughs> so that's the only thing I really know about the, the, the Hall of Fame. That's why you need Comda.com <laughs> to smooth over this sort of advertising to your customers. Tell them what's actually happening, Comda.com. Uh, then backstage we saw that Conan, Conan uh, Konami, had been attacked, uh, and he tells them to get medics. And uh, King was the one that did it. I and they, that someone had just dumped a like a, a pallet, like a pallet thing on the exactly, wheelie. yeah. And uh, and that was where we found out that, that Conan was not going to be in the match later on between LAX surprise, and the OGs. Because he's old as balls. And <laughs> we got Eli Drake's <laughs> open challenge, and his open challenge was for someone from the New York area. So the three names that everyone immediately said was like, okay, it was Enzo Amore, mm-hmm. Big Cass. Or Chris Jericho, mm. and that was why. And as soon as this sh- this segment started, it, people were either super into Eli Drake because boy howdy are people massively into Eli Drake, or Y two J charts. Mm. So Eli Drake comes out and he, he's cutting this promo. And he says that New York is known for pizza, and there are some players from the New York Giants. Is makes it your local sports team joke, and then who should come out to open answer this open challenge? But old chinless wonder himself, James Ellsworth. James Ellsworth, and I think. And I, you know, and I would, I'm an Ellsworth defender. You're an Ellsworth guy. I always have been. I'm an Ellsworth guy. I'm an Ellsworth guy. I'm an Ellsworth guy. I really am. I've been an Ellsworth defender for for a while now. I like James Ellsworth. For anyone who says that he's awful, watch his match with Matt Riddle from Evolve over WrestleMania weekend. It's Mm. so good because Matt Riddle's incredible, and James Ellsworth knows his role. Yes, he like like The Rock always said, he knows his role within this business, and he's very good at doing it. The New York He's a wonderful cr- punching bag. The New York crowd, however, <laughs> the New York crowd, however, were not into James Ellsworth here, and I would imagine that Impact, I would have done this as well, would have thought, ah, the crowd will be into Ellsworth. The crowd will be really happy that it's a, a nice surprise that this Ellsworth. 
But that did not happen to, no. uh, with this New York crowd. They chanted delete. Uh, they chanted F.U. Ellsworth. They booed him any time that he spoke. They cheered for Eli Drake. Mm. And, yeah, I mean... He says that you're not from New York, and Ellsworth was like, "Oh yeah, but I dated this girl from Staten Island for a little mm. bit, and like I lived in her basement until I couldn't afford to pay rent anymore." His jokes fall flat. D- jokes fall flat, and then uh, he hits like the no chin music for a, a near fall, but Eli Drake quickly beats him with uh, two gravy trains, and and that was it. And like I, this ended up being a bit of a disaster of a segment, really, which is a shame because I actually thought it could have been really good. Do you think they just pushed? Abyss out after this. No, I, just I because th- this yeah. happened. I think that was always the yeah. plan, but it was just. It, it, and I think the crowd was probably meant to boo that that Eli Drake had beaten James Ellsworth, not not quickly, but just beating him, you know, overall. Mm. And they, I think I'd have made the same mistake that the crowd would be into Ellsworth, but uh, yeah, they they were not. And in the end, it it didn't come across as a, a great segment. No, it was no. a bit. It fell very flat. Yeah, it, it fell. Considering flat, that Eli yeah. had done so much work oh, to hype it as he's well, he's like, so good, Eli Drake. Very, know. very good. You could have just had anyone competent come out, and <laughs> he would. It would have gone over really well. I mean, the problem is also if everyone hi- everyone hyped themselves up for the fact that Chris Jericho might be there. Well, that's it. If you're chanting, most Y2J, people aren't Chris Jericho, sadly. Yes, so when, they don't, it, yeah. when he doesn't turn up, yeah. Yeah, if you're chanting for Y2J and then Ellsworth shows up, you're not going to enjoy this Unless segment it as was much as Chris Jericho <laughs> under an Ellsworth mask. <laughs> Impossible. Um, but then Eli cuts a promo afterwards and he says that he actually wants real competition. He wants Hall of Fame competition. And obviously that brings out Abyss uh, and he lays him out with a black hole slam, uh, gets a table, uh, and then sort of tease back and forth who's going through the table. And eventually Eli Drake goes through the table. Um, not a match though no not a match and I actually <laughs> thought that unfortunately because the crowd was so into Eli Drake as a baby face even though he was clearly the heel making your local sports team references there wasn't that ma- big of a pop for Abyss putting him through a table mm. he's got too many catchphrases that's why I think yeah. he's just got so much like he's a, he's fun he's got, yeah, he's got loads of charisma and he just he, he's impossible to put over as a heel because him ragging on your hometown it's, it's the same as Elias doing it over in WWE it's that same thing as like he's so entertaining to watch you're just like yeah fine yeah it does suck here yeah <laughs> I agree with you yeah and it's a real shame for Eli Drake as well you know this time last year was defending his Impact World Championship and retaining in the main mm-hmm. event no less and here he is just doing a sort of quick comedy segment that was only announced on the Thursday before this pay-per-view. Real shame for Eli. But he gets, yeah, he got some big laughs out of it. He did. He looked great. He looked great, yeah. Uh, Earlier in the day, uh, Tessa Blanchard cut a promo and said that this may be a big night for Impact, but it's her night. And she said that Taya may be Lucha royalty, but diamonds are forever. And uh, I'm a big Tessa Blanchard fan. Uh, I thought this was very good. Mm, She's she's great. She is great. And that did lead to the uh, knockouts championship match between Tessa Blanchard and Taya Valkyrie. Crowd was super into Tessa. I mean, they were massively in for Tyra as well, but Tessa at the moment is like, she is the golden goose of the Impact Women's Division. Mm. And it, it's she's, she's red hot. She's red hot and she's so, so good. Mm. Like, she's really great. And I, I thought this match, I, it, I, it sagged a little bit in the middle, but man alive, it really came like gold by the end. I, I, I really mm. enjoyed this. I, I, think it's, I think it was also, it was very good from a storytelling point of view as well. Like, I think that, you know, maybe the squiffy... Uh, the apron bit yeah and yeah, then the yeah. apron bit was a bit like Nyeh. but uh, yeah, so, uh, it gives you good story to work with the fact that like it, you know Tyre almost won so nearly won this championship could be a legitimate champion 
and Tessa was pushed to the absolute limit to retain. Yeah, absolutely. So if you haven't seen the match, um, Ty, uh, she hit the, the road to Valhalla, but um, while she'd been dragging her back before she hit the move, Tessa had pulled up the, the ring apron, and so the referee was distracted trying to push the ring apron back, so he sort of missed some of the pin, um, and that, that allowed Tessa to almost recover and she kick some out. some more stuff. And there was a great... She hit the, the buzzsaw DDT off the back of that for an amazing near fall, because yes. the crowd completely bought that as the finish. And so when Taya kicked out, it was a really, really sweet near fall, and the crowd mm. really got, uh, were so hot for it. Taya's selling of it was absolutely awesome. <laughs> Tessa's selling of it was absolutely awesome. Uh, Taya tries for the powerbomb, but uh, Tessa hits a Hurricane Rana into the turnbuckle, and then the top rope code breaker for the win. I thought it was a really good match. Yeah, it was really, really fun. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Moose uh, does an interview, I've written here, backstage? It was outside. Their backstage seems it was like to be on the, the roof. The streets, yeah. Yeah, they were just on the, but then like Impact and Aries just did their interviews backstage. Mm. So it was really weird that Moose was like, it was on the roof to do this, but he's dressed like a king mm-hmm. uh, not a Jerry Lawler king but like a king from of his uh, home or you know his his uh, what's the word I'm after here his uh, his background I guess his uh, his, uh, his nationality his parents nationality culture, culture yeah, that's yeah. the word I'm after thank you very You're much welcome. Um, so he's dressed like a king yes and he looks suave yeah. he looks super he's he little, looks dope he's still got like uh, the like frame aviators yeah on. he looks dope anyway and that led into uh, moose versus eddie edwards uh, it's uh, best friends turned bitter enemies Ooh. but this wasn't really a match um no. edwards hit the boston knee party very early on like pretty much at the start of the match and he went out to get the kendo stick but uh killer croc was there to to <laughs> stop that and snap him up to snap him up and they start beating down edwards and all of a sudden tommy dreamer comes out because of course he does and that leads to a tag match instead of Moose and Cross versus Dreamer and Edwards, which was an ECW match here in 2018. Yeah. But it's an and and here's the thing I, I would say right. was, and here's what I said in the prediction show as well when I was a bit concerned they were going to have the OVE rules match and the Concrete Jungle death match like right next to each other. Mm. It's the same thing that happened at Slammiversary when you had the the, the hair versus mask and the. Uh, LAXOG's like brutal war next to each other the Penta and OV uh, the Penta and Sammy Callahan match was so good that it overshadowed the the, 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 the tag match and that's what's happened here you just had this tag match that was just full of weapons and you know ECW nonsense here in 2018 Mm. but as soon as you had the next match which was OVE and the Lucha Brothers you instantly forgot about everything that was in this match yeah I can't remember really anything that happened well exactly yeah and there was some the spitting of the water and there was some big stuff in it oh that was gross there was some big stuff in here but it's it's irrelevant given what happens yeah Ne- you know, in the next two matches, but it's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame to always fall back on the hardcore stuff. And I know, I guess, I know the problem is that a lot of their big stars at the moment in the in the men's division are known for hardcore matches. You know, you've got Sammy Callahan, who's gross <laughs> and great, really nice guy, yeah. but he's gross. And then you've got Eddie Edwards, who's also like he's the new Tommy Dreamer. Literally, cannot not come out without a kendo stick. Yeah. So it's like you know, and dressed like Tommy Dreamer, yeah, exactly, and dressed like Tommy Dreamer, and Tommy Dreamer coming out now. And then you've got yeah. Uh, the OGs in LAX who seem to be attempting to kill each other now. Uh, so yeah, you yeah. just you kind of get stuck in this thing where this is the cycle now. There's you know there's only like two proper like just one on one solid wrestling matches, and everything else is still really good wrestling, but it, it's all packaged around making each other bleed. Let's make each other hurt, like you know. Yeah. And then it becomes a bit almost fatiguing because you see too much gross stuff 
basically. Yeah, and you kind of look at all these guys here, and, you, and it's the OVE match later on, which is clearly setting up something else. And, like, the four people in this match, at no point do I sort of look at them and be like, oh, well, you can be the next contender to uh, to impact uh, for the world title. Yes. So it almost yeah. feels like there's no, they're all kind of sort of stuck in this mid-card position here. Sammy Callahan, I feel like, is the only person I could sort of push outside of that because I would if I was this company. I would yeah. really be pushing that guy to the moon. But he seems to be going into an X Division feud with Brian Cage. Yes. And sort of stepping away from that main event slot. It was a shame because you could have done something with Pentagon as well. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, they've still got a third match in them, I think. You know, oh, they've, yeah. They've, they're, one, they're one all at the yeah. moment. So it's like, let's let's have a third and let's let's get it for the title in a in a triple threat with Johnny. Yeah, and totally and it sort of proves our point because we're talking about the next match before we've even finished talking yeah. about this original tag Dream match. Dream is there. Hey. Dream is there. Um, sticks. Yeah, they do some kind of stick stuff. He did this spot, this was super gross, where he, at Comda.com, he uh, grabs the water bottle, he drinks from it, and then he spits the water into Eddie Edwards' mouth like he's a bird feeding a child. Yeah. And then Eddie spits that he water. Regurgitates he regurgitates water. that water into Moose's face. It was vile, gross disgusting don't do that mm. it's it's and also nasty. a damning indictment of the comda.com quality <laughs> of their <laughs> their water flasks exactly it made it all taste of plastic <laughs> and josh matthews had a line in this where and i i've said this before about commentators but you should just shouldn't say these sorts of things mm. because it brings up too many comparisons and it makes you and the person you're complimenting look like an idiot eddie edwards has got a very good chop He's mm. got brilliant chops. He's very good at doing chops. Josh Matthews says in commentary, there is no one that throws a chop like Eddie Edwards. I mean, I'm wearing a Walter T-shirt mm. right now. <laughs> like, there are hundreds of people who throw better chops than Eddie Edwards. Yeah. And, it's, and it, it just makes you think, like, well, you're an idiot. And it makes me think less of Eddie yeah, because you're say, saying let's that. Let's just say he does loud chops. His chops are brilliant. Like, Big, that's all loud you have to chops, say. Big, yeah. loud chops. Um, and they, Eddie and Moose do get into a really cool sort of chop battle and stuff. But, oh, that um, was very good. The, the face-off and the, when it finally broke down to the bit like that was the bit I wanted to see. Yes, you know? exactly. That's what we came in to see. Why we needed, Moose. Why did we need Tommy Dreamer? Why did we need uh, no. Killer Cross beyond Killer Croc? Get it right, Killer Croc. Sorry. And um, in the end, um, Edwards gets Killers a schoolboy. <laughs> Killer Croc. In the end, Edwards got a uh, schoolboy win on Moose. And then uh, Croc and Moose attacked him afterwards, and they did the double power bomb on the apron. I remember that because I'll be bringing that point up again shortly. It was I was more into the Eddie and Moose stuff. I was yeah. less into the Dreamer, and I was less into the tag match than I would have been. The, I think it the, became convoluted by that. Yeah, point. just like there's just too much going on. Now. Exactly, we didn't need another hardcore match. Because we didn't need we, ripping up the mats and chucking each other on the concrete. Because we're going to get that in the next match yeah, and the match that comes afterwards. Um, so Eddie Edwards is jammed though, isn't it now? <laughs> so OVE cut a uh, an amazing video promo because mm. do you know who's amazing in the professional wrestling world? Sammy Bloody Callahan. He's so so good, mm. and he's just like he's cutting this promo. It's recorded by them. It's in black and white. They're not like fully in shot it's mostly just focused on his eyes and you can see the crisps behind him just looking like the biggest pricks ever because well, that's so what one, they look well, so like but then they're also selling a sort of rift with those guys as well because yes. one one is jake isn't it it's yes jake is uh he's taking things too far he well he's leaning over sammy's shoulder repeating what he's saying and the other one's behind looming dave but look dave but looking a bit like mm. yeah bit in my head it was chris christ but, <laughs> <laughs> but if I, I mean if i'm impact mess. i'm keeping these three together as a unit for as mm. long but it's it's the rusev day thing again it's like oh they're really good as a threesome team aren't they we'll split them up we'll split them up that's story um 
I thought this was an absolutely great promo. Uh, and that led to the uh, OVE of Sammy Callahan and the Christs versus Lucha Brothers and Brian Cage, Lucha Brothers being Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix, in an OVE rules match, which was it was a hardcore match. It was the same way as like Raven rules match. It's, mm-hmm. it's just a hardcore match. And this was a hardcore match. And, I mean, there were so many standout moments from this because this was a terrific match that sort of fell apart a little bit at the end. At least I, I thought it fell a little apart slightly towards the end. Mm. But it started off so, so well. I thought this was absolutely incredible stuff. All, like, you know, just from start to, like, you know, near that end, I just thought it was absolutely incredible. Phoenix, for me, we said in the uh, the prediction show that he's the one, because Pentagon Jr. is so good, and he's the one that gets all the, like, the big high-profile stuff, mm. you kind of almost forget the Phoenix is there being amazing and phoenix does insane stuff but in the conversation i think people more lean mm. towards pentagon than they do phoenix and phoenix was he shows why in this match like why we no one should ever forget phoenix because he's absolutely incredible he does these massive like flip de doo headbutt things yeah and you couldn't stop him doing it <laughs> it's like he just had all the you know you, you like compress a toy mm. like one of those compression toys and then they just sort of shoot off and stuff mm. that's what he did he just like oh there's a massive burst of energy and he was just jumping hither and yonder doing mm. these wicked little twisty flippy do headbutt things and every single one of them looked superb well there was because there was an excellent moment in the beginning as well where they were just all super kicking yeah. each other until in various combinations of twos until it was just Sammy and Pentagon left in the ring yeah and they started chopping each other to pieces that was amazing it's just it was it was it still managed to have like that was the, obviously that's the story that is being told here and it managed to have a little story that wrapped up Pentagon and Sammy if we're, that's what we're doing hopefully we're not but you know it wrapped up that little bit of feud everyone got to do some amazing spots and then set up all this stuff at the end mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which we, we'll get to but there's, there's a load of uh, just some absolutely incredible and actually Jake Christ was also fantastic in this match like just really really great and Brian Cage he's my man of the match he, yeah <laughs> absolutely I, I could agree with that as well and Brian Cage was very good as well he had this moment where he hit a Samoan drop and fall away slam at the same time because he's a big strong boy he did a fall away slam over the uh, ropes yeah, to the outside Jake. just went bye Jake yeah <laughs> but it's probably because Jake probably weighs about like 80 pounds soaking wet so yeah. it's just like if you're Brian Cage who is like um, uh, Billy Keeble from the Actually Era podcast once described Scott Steiner as a bag of bowling balls yeah like bowling balls with skin pulled over it yeah and that's what <laughs> Brian Cage currently looks like at the moment mm. he's just like he's a big load of bowling balls with some skin pulled over it and when you look like that you can just launch these lighter do's yeah. hither Goodbye. and yonder Goodbye, off your pop and it looks great when he does it as that's well that's where you go now <laughs> it was awesome so they did some really good stuff with like with uh, Brian Cage throwing around the crisp which was a, a lot of fun um and there was like just some really really good stuff you mentioned earlier with the uh, the Pentagon. Um, well, they had this moment when they had Sammy sat down in the corner and mm. they pulled Dave Chris down in the tree of woe. And you think, oh man, then maybe they'll do some like running drop kicks into Dave and that will fall into Sammy. No, 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 no. What did they do instead? Well, they do a, like a, a monkey flip. <laughs> yeah. But they just kept, the monkey flip ends with Pentagon just cannonballing himself. <laughs> into Dave yeah Phoenix and obviously like onto Sammy it was absolutely amazing like just really like innovative offense and that's actually what Phoenix was doing throughout this match was just like really innovative stuff yeah like you don't see often there was a a great moment as well they they did a triple it was on Sammy they did a triple team and it was uh, he does a buckle bomb cage Mm -hmm. Sammy bounces out and Pendergun catches him in another package pile drive yeah and then they do the, the double stomp 
Oh man, it was absolutely. I just thought this match was really, really fun. I really, really enjoyed. There this. was a bit towards the end where they missed a few well, cues yes. and a few moves didn't work quite as nicely as you would imagine they would. But I guess everyone was knackered. Like yeah. I, I don't know. Like you can't really blame them for like the move that I think was the sort of the one that was really stood out was they tried to do the uh, uh, Phoenix got on Pentagon's shoulders, but I, no, I didn't see that Jake Chris had climbed the turnbuckle at the same time. And so when they were about to do their senton move. Jake jumps off to do a cutter onto Phoenix, gets him, and then sort of loses him somewhere in the tra- in transit. Yeah. And uh, by the end, they're just everyone's just on the floor. They were like, oh, "Okay, down. we all fell down now." Yeah, I think giving them some credit, I think that Jake realised that Dave was still on the floor, and yeah. had he continued to con- to do the cutter, they mm. all would have just landed on him. And that would have been very dangerous for all involved. True. Yeah. So I think he sort of like almost tried to like stop himself. Because I went back and rewatched it again, but it doesn't look good. No. It looks like really bad. And it's it could have been an awesome spot, but it ended up looking pretty pants. And do you know what? If so if something's hard and it doesn't work, that's fine. Yeah. Like at least they they're nailing everything else. So well, yeah. <laughs> like, you know. But if the pr- really, really hard thing doesn't work, fair enough. Yeah. I think like the reason why I don't look on this match is as uh, brilliantly as I did the Sammy Pentagon match from Slammiversary is that so they had this kind of like convoluted spot which didn't really quite work mm. and then Sammy did the pile driver on the outside um, to Pentagon Jr but it didn't look all that effective it didn't have the, the big clattering sound it just mm. sort of like looked very sort of light and weak and and then you had this and I had this issue with the, the Pentagon Sammy match as well they hit the all-seeing eye on Brian Cage and he kicks out at one and then it led to a really awesome spot where they were just kept super kicking, super kicking, super kicking Brian Cage. And then eventually Sammy hits the pile driver and, and pins him. But the bigger moment was when they hit the all seeing eye. Mm. Like you really hit, like you reached the top of the mountain in terms of like crowd involvement when you did that. And the crowd were not as hot at that point as they were when they eventually pinned him. And the same thing happened in the Sammy Pentagon mm. match when you had this amazing ending and then you did the kick out and then the resulting pin after that didn't mean as much. I think it means more here, though, in the sense that, like, this is Brian Cage's first pin But it didn't impact. feel like it was Brian Cage's no, first pin. No, no, but pin. I think that's, they would, that's what they were trying to do. And yes. this is, you know, him powering out of... Uh, the all all seeing, three of them He powers them. out of the all-seeing eye and two of them are on him and he just pushes them both off at one gets up and he's just screaming mm. uh, and then they start kicking him yeah like I loved that moment I think that was, I thought that was great like I would I, I do think obviously that the, the higher point was doing the all saying I maybe maybe the pile driver should have been the bit mm. there and then the all saying I would be the finish but that's the only way I would rearrange it because otherwise you would miss out on this crazy moment of you know the super kick bit was Brian, working Brian Cage is a freak <laughs> like he's a bag of bowling balls it's impossible to put him down like, and this sold that really well, and it sets up the idea that Sammy might be going for the X Division title against Brian at some point, and he's got a pin over him. Yes, I think maybe for me, if I do something, and I'm two tr- mates as well. If I do something, useful. I'm being negative on this, which I'm trying not to be, because I thought it was a really, really good match. Uh, I think I was more into Sammy versus Pentia than I than I am Sammy versus Brian Cage. But I suppose at the same oh, time, yes, yeah. Yeah. I suppose at the same time, they're not sure. If, are they, are they, are they, I think they've said the Lucha Brothers are sticking around with Impact until throughout 2019, so they are still there. But I think I'm, I was more into Sammy versus Pentagon. The, ma- the matchup of Sammy and Pentagon yeah. works beautifully. I yeah. think, like Brian Cage, difficult. I'm not as I'm not as into Brian Cage as I am Pentagon Junior. No. Maybe, but um, yeah, it was a very very good match. Uh, and then we got the Aries backstage promo that we spoke about earlier. 
Uh, and then we got LAX versus OGs in a uh, concrete jungle death match. Concrete jungle death match. Now, there was all these people who were like, I wonder what the concrete jungle death match is. I, I was a bit concerned it was going to be just another hardcore match. No, no, no. What this was is this. Oh, that was it. Actually, that was the other point I just wanted to make quickly before we move on from the um, OVE match. Go on, then. Was that uh, Brian Cage. Um, at one point just grabs I think it was one of the Chris or Sammy and just power bombed him into the apron which was the exact same spot they did mm. that's meant to be like the oh my god they really hurt Eddie Edwards match here it was just that's nah, a spot in the match and it feels like they didn't they just chose not to do the chair thing with Edwards though like because that they, they've been in all the promos with uh Austin Aries and his lads like they keep doing this spot where they put a chair over someone's head yeah. and then they put them against the turnbuckle yeah. and then they hit the chair with another chair which is Amazing. Yeah, it looks wicked. That should have been what they did to Eddie Edwards. Especially if in the match next, you're just going to powerbomb someone to the apron and then they're up 20 seconds <laughs> later doing something else. Because it anyway, happens to Sammy Callahan all the time. That's a... But anyway, so this LAX versus OG's match, the Concrete Jungle, what it actually is, is they took off the protective mat on the ring and they took off the turnbuckles on the apron. So it was just exposed woods. And... It was a really, a really wicked idea on paper because when they set this up, I was like, oh man, I cannot wait to see this. Mm. Like I was really, really into the idea the of this. The thing you forget is that the, the mats and everything hold the boards in place. So yes. the match actually became like one of those levels in Mario where the things are falling away <laughs> as you're stepping on them. It was just Platforms like... Platforms are moving all yeah, over the Yeah, and it was like this, the referee spent a lot of the time essentially playing Jenga as yeah. he tries to put the ring just back rearranging, together. Rearranging, yeah. And it was... It was like... And by the time... As soon as someone stepped into the ring, one of the planks of woods had popped up. Yeah. And I was like... And you could see everyone being there, like trying to like celebrate and do their, like, do their entrance while kicking the board back into place, yeah, make sure it's yeah. all safe for us to fall down on. And as I said, like, babyface referee... Like who is literally a baby face? He looks about twelve years old. Mm. Spent the majority of this match rearranging furniture. Yeah, it was it was part wrestling match, part really hardcore wrestling match, yeah. part just after a trip to IKEA. Like it was <laughs> it was just like so me putting together my day bait. Yeah. But when this worked, my god, did this match work? I loved this match mm. so much. I thought it was absolutely awesome. I think I love LAX. I love the OGs. I love King in there as well. Big fan of Conan. And I loved this sort of setting. It looked awesome. It looked really, really cool. I would say, though, that with the sort of, like, dangerousness of this, it really does downplay the OVE rules match, which was mm. just like, we're going to have the protective mat here. And which also then plays down the ECW match that they had two matches prior. And that's where I think sometimes having all this on one card makes it feel a bit Well, because the OVE rules match could have just been a regular, like, a tornado. Like, it, yeah. just been, it basically was essentially just a tornado tag match yeah with stuff on the outside yeah, yeah. but just do that like, yeah that's fine and um lax had this really big entrance so ogs come out and they look awesome because it's homicide and hernandez and a massive marks for them and then lax like the lights go out you were just watching it and it was like all anime and there were little hearts going oh around. it is because i, I love them the so music. much oh my god <laughs> it's them and lax come out and they've got this uh, this rap group with them now, oh, I know what they were called. Oh, do you? Oh, lovely. Uh, the Tan Boys, I think, was like, but it was yeah, like, yeah, it was Bo- Bodega Bams and the Tan Boys. Yeah, I mean, I've written here, like, okay, so, if, I mean, if you're only a podcast listener and have no idea what we look like, uh, I mean, I'm whiter than white 
like when we went to do our dance training sessions uh, ahead of wrestling media con someone like our dance instructor said like how was your dancing and i was like it's very white uh, <laughs> i'm a i'm a i'm a very very white man however i would say that there were whiter people in this audience with me when they were wearing their bandanas because while i am a fan of hip-hop i, I listen to a lot of 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 hip-hop i don't try to wear bandanas because they're I, not I, for you I, they, they are not for me and i look white enough as it is um but this was cool the cool thing about bandanas though if you're white is that you can use them to make a nice little picnic <laughs> and a handkerchief yeah you can put them uh, in the top pocket i mean like i mean I, I thought this was really really cool like i thought the opening was really cool i thought like the presentation of lax was really awesome i, I think the actual like this t- tanned thing was was very cool because they kept saying like it's a I'm sorry to write down what it was they were saying. Uh, something, oh, it's a tan flag, I think is what they were saying. But it looks cool. I thought the presentation was wicked. Mm. Um, but yeah, like the ring just fell apart instantly. And the baby ref was trying to fix things. And it's so loud. And it's so, it's so loud. It's clacking the entire time. It's like having a set of castanets <laughs> under your feet the whole <laughs> was, match. This match was built around two things. A very loud clattery ring that was falling apart. And Santana swearing at every opportunity. Yeah. Like, he was effing and You'll have to effing kill me. Who like, wants to see me have this mother out? <laughs> it was just... He was effing and jeffing all over the show. What will his mum think? I... <laughs> This like Hernandez was bleeding within ten seconds of this belt. <laughs> just like, hit him with this. Uh, they just kept him with a trash can lid, yeah. and all of a sudden Hernandez just bleeding from the head, yeah. like the top of their head as well. This was craziness from the get go. But when they were hitting all these moves on the board, I was wincing every single time. Yeah. But it really did make me laugh that there's like, you know, they've taken the protective mat off inside the ring. They've taken off the turnbuckle pads. This match is so dangerous, but there's still protective mats around ringside. So if you do want to do a move, I would suggest doing it out yeah. there where it's slightly safer. Oh man, it looked like it sucked. <laughs> Everyone in, like every single move in the ring looked like it, it absolutely sucked. sucked. But it felt like. But the problem is to me, like, and the thing I didn't. One of the things I didn't like about this match. I think probably the main thing I didn't like about this match is just that because the ring was falling apart, it just became a game of tread carefully. Yeah, and. It was basically the floor is lava, the match. And it, I get that, that, you know, like we've seen matches like recently, the Jimmy Havoc, uh, Sammy Callahan, Callahan one where yeah. with the shoes off and you have the, the tacks on the floor. That's the same logic. It's like, be careful where you step. But because they were in one specific place and the rest of the ring was fine, you can do that really well. Like the running and stopping and like all this stuff. This just felt like, while it did yeah, make all the moves more painful, people were visibly being careful yes and it's difficult to kind of watch it and be like yeah you're treading carefully you're going you're not running as fast you have to look where you're going etc etc and it slows everything down a lot and when you've got Santana and Ortiz in a match and they're amazing and they're so fast and they're so fluid to see them slow down is like oh yeah (laughs) and that's that's what I mean by this match why I really enjoyed it I thought when it worked it was awesome yes but when Excuse me, when the ring was falling apart, it was less good because it was like, well, I need to run here, but there's a massive gap yeah. where the, the, the boards should be and I need the baby ref to fix things while I dive outside the ring. But like there was a spot like where my head on the- Santana hit this like overhead suplex uh, on King, so he landed on the boards, but also into the exposed turnbuckle, which was great. They did an amazing double superplex to Hernandez, which like I genuinely thought the ring was going to explode. Yeah. When they all landed and they made this almighty clattering sound, I was like, "This the ring's going to completely blow up." And then hot. and they all just lay there like yeah. Oh, my oh God. that was awful. I hope this is the end of this stupid <laughs> feud. 
<laughs> you know, like in Ghostbusters 2 when Vigo zaps them and Winston just goes, that was really stupid. <laughs> very much what it reminded me of. Uh, Conan comes out like the original LAX music plays. He and King go toe-to-toe. LAX hit their finish and they win. I felt very uneasy watching it, but I thought it ruled. Mm. Liked it. When it when it worked, anyway. Uh, we then got a, a recap of... just tie the boards together. Would have been, well, that would be my, my first point would have just been like, okay, we don't have the map, but we'll just... I don't know, elastic bands, yeah. like bungee cord. Yeah. Uh, we got a recap of Ali the Vampire Slayer um, <clears throat> signing her deal with Jim Mitchell to go into the undead realm to save Kira. And then we got, this is what we're going to end the show with, Ali the Vampire Slayer heading into the undead realm. Um, <laughs> oh, I loved it. it was so I loved everything I about this. Lo- I, don't lo- I don't think I loved it for the reasons that no, I think I was supposed to. No, absolutely not. But I loved it. I so thought it was good. Tremendous. The fact that she went, even though at the end of the at the end of the bit where she he's like, I will leave the coffin open for you and you can go in. He just starts laughing in her face. It's yeah. like you definitely go don't go. Just leave <laughs> I'll be like, Kira, yeah. you're on your own. It's cause and it's cause it's Jim Mitchell as yeah. well. And he's like, Ali, if you want to go in there and sign a deal with the devil, you can go to the undead realm. Ha, 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 ha. I don't just... even think he's gimmicked anymore. I just <laughs> think that is him. That's he is now. this man now. I love James Mitchell so, so much. <laughs> so Ali the Vampire Slayer goes into this, and it's this chapel. And like, and Jim Mitchell tells her <laughs> that like she's up in the chapel, so you have to go there. And that's where Kira is as well. So... Was this camera on autofocus as well? Because it kept like cropping in yeah, and out of focus. It kept changing. Kept right, changing yeah. and stuff. Which I think that's why they did so many effects later on was to try and cover up for it. Yeah. Um, an undead bridesmaid tries to attack Ali, but Ali has got this axe. A little so hatchet. She, a little hatchet. Yeah. So she just bops the undead bride with the hatchet and, and kills her. Yeah. Which I guess is fine because she's well, so undead anyway. Bit, she was holding the hatchet and I was like, oh, I wonder if she's just going to do the Triple H thing of like covering the end yeah. of it and then hitting her with it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then she bopped her with the, the, the wrong end to like get her off her. And I was like, ah, see, they're just going to do it all very safely. And then she just stands over and just goes, ah, and then you get, blood splatter, everywhere. Of, you get a splatter of fake blood come up onto Ali. And then a splatter of CG blood across the screen. I was like, ah, oh, this is everything. This is everything I've ever wanted to be. So I'd, I watched this segment about 20 minutes before you saw it. Yeah. And I was, I had so much fun watching you watch the segment and just kind of chuckling along because it was so much uh. fun. She finds another bridesmaid and she kills her too. And then she finds a third bridesmaid and she looks underneath. But it's Ali herself. She it's sees her a, soul. She sees like a reflection of herself. And James Mitchell had warned her before she go in. You know, you know, you might not like what you see on the other side. You might find yourself, find your true self on the other side, and all this sort of well, stuff. He says, he says to her, "You'll see. You might see your soul, but mm. you can look, but you can't touch. Yes, because your soul is staying here." Mm. And then dun, dun, dun. eventually, she finds a coffin, and Kira is inside that coffin. But in like the sort of the pews behind her Sue Young snaps, stands up and she's got an axe of her own she seemed like she was wearing a bed sheet and well, then she just because she stood up in like a white sheet and then pulled it off and it wasn't like her veil or anything mm. it just, but she stood up in this sheet and was like she's wearing <laughs> was the, like, uh, the wedding dress that yeah. has got your face on it which she <laughs> yeah. sort of mop you up yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> then Ali and Sue Young wipe your face on my dress fine <laughs> <laughs> sure sure Ali and Sue Young have this sort of like axe and hatchet fight and instantly, the axe looked so much like less threatening when she hits it into a chair and it just bounces off. Yeah. Like it just like it didn't embed into it. It was like it was so blunted, it went bong. It just <laughs> bounced back up. 
Oh my, I love this so much. And then Sue eventually gets the mandible claw on Ali and she passes out and she grabs this sort of ceremonial knife from her dress. But Ali, the vampire slayer, she rises up and she hits the hatchet into Sue Young's neck and kills her. And you turn to me and you went, is Sue Young dead? <laughs> they killed Sue Young. And I was like, I mean, I guess she was dead to begin with. Yeah, so. so that's probably fine. Yeah, it's probably fine. Uh, well, it was because she came back was, anyway. Yeah. yeah. And so Ali kind of like grabs Kira. I've, I've seen better acting in Wrestle Talk skits. And um, yay, man. <laughs> so they grab Coffin and they sort of they pull her out. And Mitchell, that's when he says, like, I promised I would get you in, but I didn't say I would get but you out. I never out. said I would get you out. And then I he promised I would get you in here. <laughs> it sounds like Gilbert Gottfried in your impression. <laughs> you know what you're for? <laughs> and uh, we're <With> throw. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, he says that he crossed the T's and dotted the I's in the contract. And so he won't let her out of the undead realm. And then the bridesmaids return and they start to, like, walk in onto to Ali and, and uh, Kira. Uh, Kira. still fumbling with the lid of this coffin. While yeah, they couldn't lift it. Mitchell is just laughing. laughing. And like, then just disappears. Because so he, he goes like, I never said I'd get you out. And then he starts laughing and they just turn back to the coffin. Like, they don't, they stop just be like, we're done with you We're now. done with you now. We can't lift the <laughs> lid. And then who should make her impact wrestling return? But Rosemary, she sort of like rises from the ground. I'm not sure how they didn't see her leaning down, but she rose <laughs> from below. And it, like Demon and Bunny reunite. And they like, so Rosemary starts punching all these undead brides. And uh, they like her and Bunny have this sort of like little back and forth, little tete a tete. Mm-hmm. And she stops in the middle of what she's doing to say, Yeah. You need to go now. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, reprise that YouTube series that not many people watched. And she uh, helps them open up the coffin. So they can escape, they can get back in. And Ali wants Rosemary to return to the, the living realm with her. And, but Sue Young returns. She like, she comes back. She pulls the axe out of her neck. And then my, this was my favorite, but this might be my favorite bit of the whole show. Because <laughs> I laughed uproariously when <laughs> <laughs> Rosemary and Sue Young have I mean, they have a magic fight. They have a magic hands fight. Magic yeah. hands fight. It's, it's whenever I'm describing things in D and D, this is what I see. Yeah. And it was like, like these sort of like lights were coming out of their hand, like Doctor Strange, like with a time stone, and they're just sort of like having this this magic fight off. And while Ali's kind of like screaming for Rosemary to to come back with her, and eventually, like Kira sort of drags Ali into the the coffin, and they arrive back in the real world. Only Ali appears to have brought something back with her because she kind of screams at uh, Kira Hogan. And her voice goes a bit deeper. No, 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 things are not okay. Look for my coming. And um, yeah, and I guess that the drama continues. And then we go back to Josh Matthews and um, Don Callis promoting Comta.com again with plugging the hats because they cut to the crowd and we're all pointing to the logo on their hat being like, Comta.com, go to the website. Get on that website, Comta. So... <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. 10 out of 10, would watch again, <laughs> would want to watch more. Like, that is the feedback I'm giving on this show. I want to watch more of this. <laughs> I it, loved was a lot, it was a lot of fun. It show. was a lot of fun. I made, like, when I got out of university, and even when I was at university, and, and before that, I used to make horror films all the time. Like, me mm. and my mates would get together in our back gardens, and we'd get a, a camcorder, VHS tapes back in those days. So you could only do Retro. one. I know, you could only do, like, one tape of things until my friend managed to hook up two 
VCRs together so we could do tape and tape edits. Whoa. That was like that was like my that was my true calling card, I think. That was when I realized I could do multiple tapes of things. And um so we used to make these sort of horror films all back in the day. Ours looked way worse than this. Mm. Like ours looked absolutely shonky and rubbish and, and awful. But I loved every single second of making this. And while I was watching Ali the Vampire Slayer and Sue Young and everyone. All I could think of the back of my head was like, they must have had such a lot. I bet you this was so much fun to do. Well, I think it's interesting with this stuff as well because, like, obviously, since the broken universe sort of broke out in general and all these kind of matches, like the final deletion and stuff, everything being filmed on location, and that obviously inspired then the House of Horrors matches in WWE, etc. Like, this. Impact have been trying to do this with a lot of their storylines, and obviously they had like Moose kidnapping Eddie Edwards' missus last week and, stuff and with LAX, LAX stuff. It doesn't work when it's serious. Like it doesn't actually like so the LAX stuff. I felt felt really flat because mm-hmm. it's trying to be like cool. This isn't trying to be that. Like it doesn't feel like it's trying. It's trying to be like mildly spooky, and it gets it. But it's obviously also trying to be a bit like over the top with it. And it really works because it's really fantastical. Like it, it, yeah. It obviously makes sense. Like you don't. I don't think you hired. You don't get Mitchell in <laughs> if you don't like. If you want it to be like actually serious, because yeah. he's only ever going to ham it up. <laughs> it, and it was, and it was so goofy, but brilliantly goofy. Mm. I loved everything about this. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if we we're supposed to take it seriously. I certainly didn't. Um, mm. And if. Um, we know that Sue and Rich watch this show, so if we were meant to take it seriously, I'm sorry. Um, but I, I, did, on a I thought your performance was very good. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was Bound for Glory, because then we've got the main events with Impact winning the world title. So that was Bound for Glory. Overall, I thought it was a very... I didn't think it was as good as Slammiversary, um, but I did think it was a very, very good show. I don't think a lot of things have been as good as no, Slammiversary this it was, year, so it's fine. It was better than Hell in a Cell. Um, mm. It was better than Super Showdown. I thought this was actually a very, very good show. Very, um, I, th- I thought because there was only like six matches, it really felt it was paced really nicely. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed the women's match. There was a fun opener. Um, the OVE match I thought was great. I loved the LAX stuff. And I actually thought that the, the Johnny Impact and Nelson Aries match was terrific as well. And then, of course, you had Ali the Vampire Slayer, which was awesome. So overall, nuts, I, overall but awesome. uh, yeah, nuts but awesome. <laughs> overall, I would give this very much a thumbs up. What say you? I give it a big, a big thumbs up. Big thumbs up. And then Sammy Callahan. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, yeah, don't, don't come get us, Sammy. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.